Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And this is part two of my conversation with my good friend, George Zamaripa, who was starring in a local community theater production of La Cage au Faux, which is the drag farce that you may know more familiarly, having been made into a movie called The Birdcage with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Welcome back, George. Hello. <laughs> you know, that was the kind of voice. Would you like to look at our premiums for members? <laughs> I have a Nina Toten bag. Um, <laughs> hey, I guess it's back to the perfume counter for me. <laughs> Jungle Red. <laughs> I don't know why I always say it that way because Norma Shearer didn't have a southern accent, but, but just, I grew claws, mother. Jungle Red. She said it like that. She did say Jungle. it like that. It's like, uh, uh, what's her name? Diana Scarwood uh, playing Christina yes. Crawford in Mommy Dear. She's like, understand. It's the first word I ever heard out of any of you was that word understand yeah where did where did the, where did the draw come I'm from i'm like bitch you grew up in an orphanage and, and then in southern california southern california exactly you come from a baby broker you grew up in brentwood for christ's sake <laughs> yeah exactly i'd understand if she was like there'll be more room to understand when i'm older <laughs> if i ever am if it, nah, nah. <laughs> Shoot. Oh my god, that's funny. We should redo Mommy right. Dearest just in the voice. Oh yes. <laughs> Do you remember when we did that whole remember when we did the whole thing, the whole sections of the show in Spanish? <laughs> and el otro cuarto. <laughs> It was it was like the perfect telenovela. It was yes, great. it was written to be a telenovela. Are you kidding? It's so great. Everybody is a Modi in Spanish. Exactly. <laughs> She's whipping her head around with that with that bouncing and behaving wash and set. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Silencio. All right, we're getting too far afield here. People are like, okay, I like right. homosexuals and all, but there is a limit. So yeah, this is a little So we were talking about this earlier, and you said you know, you said that that phrase, that sentence that stuck with me, I'm peaked on so many fronts, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. Expand on that, would you? Well, it goes beyond the specific topic of Lacage, uh, but you know, once I started having my kind of great awakening, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, once I started really um, changing my my opinions on things, um, you know, after you know, as you know, and we've talked about before the, the, my experience with the, 
um, not so nice women that I shared an office with back at um, when I worked in uh, a college, a university here. Oh, the borderline um, furies. Yes, the borderlines. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and that really was kind of my introduction to things. And then I started. I just started. I was so. Um, I didn't know how to deal with the situation so much, as you know, and so I just started reading so many things. And that actually that led me to um, just trying to, you know, find a way to deal with this nastiness. And so I was reading a lot of um, not I don't want to say self-help, but kind of. Yeah. Um, And uh, but that led me into reading more, you know, more about um, uh, personality disorders um, which just led me down paths of of um, reading more from like Jordan Peterson, um, a, a person that I had never read. The only thing that I knew was he was bad man in Canada. Yes. Um, I, I, I had never read anything. All I knew was that he was like pro incel and, and all this <laughs> stuff because that's what the media tells you. Yes. Um, it's like ha- it's was, like hating it's like hating Tucker Carlson, right? Yes, you know absolutely. I hate him, or 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 no, or even no. It's more like hating. It's it's also like well, I'm I'm telling on myself here, you know, ten years ago me, fifteen years ago me, fucking Rush Limbaugh, I fucking hate right. him. He's such a bigot, you know. And I said a few right. things like that about Tucker Carlson. You know what the truth is? I had never in my entire life ever sat down and listened to even 20 minutes of either Rush Limbaugh speaking or Tucker Carlson. Never. I had no idea at all what these men would say, how they would say it. The only things I had ever heard with my own ears were the carefully selected seven to 10 second clips that were put out by organizations like Media Matters. But I was perfectly comfortable saying, I hate him. He's a fucker. Correct. As, as was I. Um, and that's not who I am anymore. You know, um, no one's going to play a clip for me of anything and, and be able to change my, or tell me this person's a fucker anymore. You know, I'm going to, right. It's always, well, okay, well, what's the context? What are we talking about here? And, um, you know, I know that makes me sound stupid, you know, but we've, you know, I think that a lot of us have gone through this, you know, a yes. lot of us have, have, have had these, have had these awakenings, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I say that I'm so peaked. What I mean is I can't see anything anymore or hear anything or talk about anything. I, I can't let anything go. I see it nakedly in front of me. Every fucking day. Sorry, I'm there. It's okay. I say it all the time. Whatever. (laughs) But I see it. I see it and I read it and I hear it all the time. And what I mean by it is, you know, the manufactured victimhood, the the lies that people tell, the the um, the world that these people want to create. Yeah. That they create out of whole, you know, out of nothing to paint this world that's not there, that any of us who live in the real world can see and know is not there. Either 
unless you're unless you're living in that world in your head or you're creating that world you're creating or doing the things that will create those consequences for you yeah you see what i'm saying yes um and i say that a perfect example to take it back to lacage so um there was one so we did the show the show closed yesterday um, but it ran for four weekends. Yep. We did 18 shows yep. total. Sorry to interrupt you, but whatever, uh, you're hitting your hand on your computer or something and it's coming oh. over the microphone. So just don't touch your computer. Apologies. That's okay. Um, we we did, um, the show closed yesterday. We did 18 shows um, total over the last four weekends. And one of those shows was what they call a talk back session. And what that means is they invite the audience members to stay afterwards to ask questions of the cast. And there's usually a moderator. And the moderator for this talkback session was a professor, and I put that in quotes, from uh, one of the local universities. And of course, it's all blah, blah, blah about queer this, queer that, la, 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 telling queer stories um and uh how old was know, this, this professor stuff. by the way she's probably around our age maybe like in her 40s okay so she so she's an expert on on these things and and she's going to be facilitating this and she's our age and she doesn't remember that queer was a big insult on an, on a par with faggot huh she just doesn't remember that is that is that's mm, all I, well, well i mean there are cast members. They're all doing that it. Are, I know. Are, they all love it. They and it's like, don't you remember a world when that was, when we didn't say things like that? Like what the? F- anyway, mm-hmm. back um, off. Back off from touching the computer. Oh, sorry. Yes, I, I I slammed my desk. I apologize. I know. I've been doing um, it too. If you're getting bumps, we're sorry. So here's the so here's the thing. I I I I forced myself to go through this because I sign a contract that I'm going to do this show and I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to uh, come back and say, you know, well, why didn't you do that? I'm just, I signed up to do it. I'm getting paid for this and and I will fulfill my contract and that's what I will do. I will not participate necessarily vocally, but I will be there in person and I will sit there and I will make faces, which I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what did you so what did you do there, during this talkback session? Well, most of it, I sat there and made these, you know, again, what are you talking about? Fate looks faces at things that were being discussed on this stage. And most and again, the things that were being discussed were, you know, um, uh, we don't get to tell our stories very often. And I'm like. That's literally all anybody is talking about in this fucking world right now. I wish you'd shut up. We were a lot more interesting when we weren't telling our stories. All yeah, the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, because at least then I had to imagine there was some depth. Yeah, it's um, a, it's again right. Yes, exactly. It's the reversal. It's it's the same thing as. The executive director of the theater saying, well, we've rented a special parking lot for you and there's going to be 24 hour surveillance because, you know, I don't want anybody walking in alone and anything could happen. All these people. And then you've got this chick up on the stage 
you know, you don't get to tell your queer stories very often. They're they're actually it's it's a complete 180 degree reversal. Yes. Yes, correct. Um, and of course, there's there's all, everybody in the in the in the past is is chiming in. They're all doing this thing, which is the new thing now. Snapping your finger. Yes, yes. Oh, instead of clapping something. because is, is clapping aggressive? I don't know. I actually think it's more about drag culture um, than anything. But that could be it, too. Well, because if they're not doing the snaps, George, they're doing the, the bloody jazz yes. hands. The jazz hands, right. Yeah. yeah Can I we remember. please? Like, I don't even understand what, what the point of that is. I mean, is it like like how? You know what? Frankly, you know how we can stop that? We need to call up the Helen Keller Society because I'm sure there has to be something like that. We need to call up the Helen Keller Society and have them be all like, you know, this is. Oh, no, wait, that won't work because she was deaf, too. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Forgot about that. Um, You know, we're going to stop it because (laughs) you've got to get blind people complaining that that you're silencing your hands, which is how they understand the world. So if you don't clap, you're deliberately excluding blind people from sharing in um, community joy. The auditory, yeah, the auditory experience. That's mm-hmm. exactly correct. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah, we should we should point that, that we should put that up. Anyway, um, here is so so we go through this thing. Everyone's talking, saying stupid things, and I'm just sitting there like being quiet, drinking my um, drinking my uh, you know my cocktail that they gave us at the end, and just being like, can I have the bottle, please? <laughs> <laughs> Because you know they gave a half pour. Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm drinking this. And then finally, when it was getting ready to end, I shot my hand up and I was like, can I just say something really quickly before we close this? I, I said, I'm hearing a lot of woe is me going on and a lot of this like stuff going on on this stage. And I just have to tell you, that is not my world. That is not the world that I inhabit. I am a married man. I've been married for almost six years now. We've been together for 12 years. We both have really good jobs. We go, we have a wonderful home. We go out and eat every, almost every night. We travel to, uh, you know, to other countries. We travel all over this country, not once, not once have we been discriminated against. Thank because you. we were gay. Not once. When and is I the last time? You- when is the last time you can remember actually a detecting even not even not even like, OK, I was discriminated against, but even having the suspicion that somebody was treating you differently because you were gay. For me, it has to be. Well, more than 25 years since Absolutely. I have really felt that I even detected and I even thought that somebody was giving me short shrift because they didn't like homosexuals. That simply has not been part of my life for decades. Nope. And I'm no, sorry, absolutely. it's not hard to tell that I'm gay. So it's pretty likely that if there were that many homophobes out there, I would have experienced at least some of it. And yet I haven't. The last time I experienced something like that was when was when I was living with a former boyfriend of mine in Brooklyn in the 90s, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, walking down the street at 11 o'clock at night in a 
not so safe neighborhood, but nothing ever really happened to us except one time when we got called words and I didn't get called it. My boyfriend got called it at the time, you know? Oh, well, I mean, um, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a reason. <laughs> you think we're queenie, you guys? You should have met him. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and I'm not saying it was right or it was funny or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't remember the last time anything like that happened. Um, just like I don't remember the last time anything racial happened to me, having, you know, being, you know, Hispanic. So the point, anyway, moving on. What I, and I ended, what I said was nothing has, nothing happens to us. We go out and we live our lives like anybody else. And I said, I said, it's high time that we all start asking ourselves the question whether or not we're being, um, whether or not the world is discriminating against us or the discrimination is happening up here. Because I'm telling you right now, the calls are coming from inside the house. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, then I, and, I said, and if you are allowing other people to take away your quote unquote joy, that's your problem, not people outside. Okay, and with that, Marie Kondo, we're going to go into break and come back and talk about what they had said after what you had said. See you after the break, folks. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. And we're back. So, what did they say when you when you were like, "I have a good life. None of this ever happens to me." What did you get back, if anything? You know what's funny? I actually got some claps from the audience. Really? Not really on the stage, but from the audience. And I think my breaking point when I actually said that was when. There were two things that were said by people on the on the stage that I was just I mean, where I was like, "Are you for real?" The one was from um, one of the um, one of the they them's in the audience in the in the cast, who said that um, it was cis people's responsibility to use their pronouns and to make people like her feel um, uh, feel included. That was one. Okay. And then the second thing that somebody said was one of the youngest members of the of the cast um, said uh, or started talking about the "Don't Say Gay" bill and how um, they're trying to eradicate us. And I the, know the, the "Don't Say Gay" are... bill, which said no such thing. Correct. Correct. Um. And it's uh, yeah. So. I don't know if that was the turning point for the 
for the cast, which it could have been. Okay. That could have been the thing where they're like, he's not one of us. But yeah. it was happening before then. Well, yeah, um, you told me you felt um, frozen out. Yeah. Um, you know, things were okay for the first couple of weeks. And then as we started really getting into breaking down the, the story and doing blocking and talking about... Um, talking about uh, uh, character motivations and, and things like that. I know that I had a hard time working with the director. Um, you know, I'm used to working with directors who are very specific about what they want. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, they, they want to hear what you want, but they also are like, okay, you're going to come over here and you're going to say this over here to this person. And then you're going to walk over here and do this, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, they're, they're very specific about blocking. Or they're very specific about the tone that they're trying to do. Well, that's because that's what a director is supposed to do. Correct. This guy was completely the opposite. And what I meant was he would literally, he would look at us, and this was at, on, on a daily. Let's just see where it goes. Let's just see where it goes. And I'm like, Ugh. okay, but you realize that everybody in this scene could be going in three different directions because they all are thinking three different things. Like there has to be some sort of cohesion. We have to have a conversation about what's going to, and we would, we would talk about them, but then still it was like, let's just see where it goes. And it's like, I don't want to do this. If you, and the reason I didn't want to do it and the reason it would piss me off and I would get annoyed is because I would do things and then he would, Tell me not to do that or tell yeah. me yep. uh, why I choose. Yeah, I know. George, George, back off from the computer. You're hitting the computer with your hands again. Sorry. 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 I know you can't hear it. I, I can't. I'm doing this on behalf of the listening audience. OK, I am their advocate. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, I'm not even going to respond to that. Go on. Uh, you know what Brentley asked you? <laughs> now, don't pay attention to the people in the chat. <laughs> pay attention to me. Bring your toe down, <laughs> down to, to mine. Wall, 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 wall. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, let me get back to what I was saying. So, yeah, so being directed, yeah, not directed. And, and he had this funny way of saying things. So he would say things like, well, what do you think about doing this? Let's audition that and see what happens. Well, um, okay. And so, yeah. So anyway, um, and there were good days where everything was fine. But then there, were, there was one day in particular where I, I almost quit. I almost left. What happened? Um, and I can't work with you. So we all sit down to talk about this pivotal scene in the in the play, in the musical, where basically my son freaks out at me and about because I've I've tried to include Alban in this evening where the where the um the politician is and the wife and the daughter that my son is trying to marry are gonna come over. Yep. And have dinner with us. And and of course, and the son, just like if you've seen the birdcage, the son is like trying to straighten us out, right? And he's trying to get, he doesn't even want Alban there. So of course, I've tried to be like, well, we're going to turn Alban into your uncle, into your uncle, right? So he can be there and be this, you know, kind of straight guy. Mm -hmm. um, 
as much as he can be. Anyway, we're, we sit down to talk about this pivotal scene where my son freaks out at me and he's like, this isn't going to work. Oh my God, having to deal with this all my life. You guys are terrible people. Ah, and he just like freaks out. And then I, I have this song with him. Um, uh, and the first thing that the director wants to talk about is why is Alban even in this scene? Like he's sitting, he's supposed to be on stage, but like, why is he on stage when um, they're talking about him and he's supposed to be acting like he can't hear them? Well, and this I'm, is a play, right? <laughs> yes. So some things happen, I'm assuming, on the stage that are not meant to be interpreted as physically literal? Correct. Okay, so I'm not Correct. missing something. Correct. So when he's doing this, I'm like, I actually said, it's a musical. These things happen. <laughs> Do you understand that we're already breaking into song? He looks at, correct. <laughs> he looks at me and I swear to God says this. I'm sorry. I think that's a bullshit response for bad writing. And I'm not going to deal with that. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, we're talking exactly what you said. This is a musical. OK, it's not even that it's just a play. It's a musical where people break out into song. No, but people don't break out into song in normal life. Right. We're already suspending disbelief watching this show. OK, um, and, and, and that's what you're already asking the audience. I don't think it's that difficult to ask the audience to assume that the person can't hear them even though they're on stage with them it happens all the fucking time yeah usually i mean you, you know, can do you can you can like turn on a spotlight or something and the audience knows that you know it's supposed to mean yeah. that you know I, well you see they don't these people don't get any of the suspension of disbelief george because it's not even even the premise of a musical that that people walking down the street in real life will suddenly start singing a song and they'll all do it perfectly. That's not even the most ridiculous suspension of disbelief that this show is asking us in 2023 to um, uh, to hold in our minds. The suspension of disbelief is the idea in the show that there would be any barrier whatsoever to acting as histrionically gay as you want everywhere all the time. <laughs> yes. I mean, this, at exactly this point, right. this show is a period piece. It's a yes. period piece now. right? It's talking about an era that does not exist anymore. Right. Right. It, it, every, it's so mixed. George, it's so mixed up. It's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's just, everything about this is absurd. Well, and from the get-go, we were told by the director um, that this is not, uh, that this was, this was not told for us, meaning queer people. <clears throat> this was meant to be for straight people about us, so they would accept a story like this. Mm -hmm. And we were going to work against that purposefully. And we were going to tell an authentic queer love story. And I'm like, how can you tell an authentic queer love story? It's a farce. It's a joke. It's meant to be funny. You can't. Take what does Alban that mean? <clears throat> you, 
what, what does, does mean? that mean? I know you don't know because I know he didn't ex- because they don't know what they mean. But seriously, what does that mean? What is an authentic queer love story? I know what it means. You know what it means? It means we're going to do exactly whatever thing we want to get us the attention in the form that we want to get it in. And if we are not applauded specifically and precisely for the way that we're carrying ourselves, we are going to say that you are doing a violence on us. Correct. So I'll give you some examples. So the Kajels, um, we we had a drag king. Okay, and to remind the audience, the Kajels are the the uh, in the world of the story the backup drag queens at this drag club, right? Yes, they're, they're correct. They're the ensemble, the chorus. Okay. Um, we had a drag king. Um, because we want to, sh- we have to show that drag is not just not just the you know overly feminized RuPaul's Drag Race version of drag. No, yeah, no, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Um, I, I'm sorry. Drag is about men dressing as women. Drag kings. This is just lesbian fear of missing out. There. Okay, I know. I know. Stormy Delarvier. I know all your famous drag queens who looked really good. Drag king. Blah, blah, blah. No, there were like three of them. Okay. This is something you can't have, lesbians. You can't have this. This is men's business. Get out. You're not going to, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But here's the thing. It's gotten so bad, Josh, that the things that I've loved as a gay man that I felt were like, part of like whatever you want to call it. I know we make fun of community. And yeah, I know. Whatever, but, but we used to be those so- people. Yeah. The things I've associated with um, gay sensibility, uh, you know, a camp, mm-hmm. um, those things, I don't even enjoy them anymore because the joy has been completely sucked out of everything. Everything. Because everything is political Everything is a tool for these maniacs. Mm-hmm. Um, everything has been taken over. I can't. I, I don't give a fuck about drag anymore. I don't. I don't care if I never see a fucking drag show ever again. I, it's so. Yep. I'm so tired of it that I can't. And that makes me sad because there was one time when I actually used to think that was funny, and and it was yeah. and it was enjoyable. And I don't enjoy those things anymore. And and I. I don't want people to, I don't want to allow people to take that away from me, but it's gotten to the point now where it's not the same anymore. It no, it's not. You don't want it anymore. You don't want Correct. it. It, it's, it, Correct. It's, it makes me, it, it makes me sad. I know it makes you sad too. And, but that, that's okay. Whatever. It's just a sadness we're going to have to have. Nobody's going to fix it. Nobody's going to make it better. Um, right. But a frustration I've had over these past six or seven years has been, <clears throat> excuse me, since drag has been colonized by these freaks. And yes, yes, audience, I hear you. I hear you. I know there are a couple of you out there who are saying it was always freaks. I hear you. Okay. But it wasn't the same as it is today. Even if you still think everybody who did drag was a freak, I'll stipulate but it wasn't like it was like it is today. There was 
a time when it the the humorous camp sensibility was the dominant sensibility. You were supposed to have fun. Yeah, there were a lot of drag queens who wanted to be glamorous. And and back in the day, 50s and 60s, that was often the goal. You know, these were the guys who did residencies in Las Vegas doing cabaret acts. They were called female impersonators. The attraction to the show was how well they could perform the illusion of being Edith Piaf or Marlena Dietrich or whoever it was or Mae West. Uh, this overt drag has always been sexual and it's always been body and risque, but body and risque are different states of being from filthy and debauched. Maybe it's just a question of degree, but that degree difference is there. There's, there's a fun to be had in a body off color romp that doesn't descend into a joke about penises is funnier than simply saying penis, you know, right? right? But that that's all it is today. Drag today is just basically penis, penis in your face, penis in your face. You know, there's, there's <laughs> nothing clever. There's nothing. There are no illusions, right? It's all just right out in your face. Like, look at my hole. Look at my hole. Twerk, twerk. Look at my hole. <laughs> I, you know, and nobody, it's certainly the young gay men don't know of it, but the straight people out there who might have in another era once in a while gone to a drag cabaret show just for a lark, they don't even understand anymore that 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 world used to be different, that it wasn't always this monstrosity that is that is directly targeting children for sexualization, you know. It, I just I personally find it frustrating. I'm not asking anyone I'm not asking anyone to change how they feel about homosexuality or cross-dressing or whether this is a good thing or a bad way to live a life. I'm not asking anyone to change their mind about that. I just wish people knew that eh, I've gone on about this long enough. You know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, not to change the subject. No, change the I, subject. I want to talk I want to talk a little bit about um, the freezing out. Yeah. So um, I, I noticed that I, I noticed as the, as we went on that regardless of how much I, um, I, you know, would give people the good job. Things are, you know, you know, these are good. Um, I got that at the beginning when we were in the rehearsal stage, mm-hmm. but um, as we went on and then as we actually opened the show, I noticed the divide happening between me and the majority of, of, of the rest of the cast. And what I mean by that is I just noticed that the, regardless of the conversation, even if I tried to get in on the joke or laugh about something or just the conversation would die. Mm. Or it would, I would, I, it just didn't, it just, it, it, it just didn't, it just didn't work. There was no chemistry, you know, getting into conversations between me and other people because, and I, and I don't know why, honestly, I don't know why. Um, yeah, you do. I've said, 
Well, I've said to you what I think it is. I, it's they don't know how to deal with a person who's not on twenty four seven. Who's real? Um, and you and know, also they the don't like what all... they don't like what you have to say. I mean, I will say the thing. I'll say the thing that you won't say, and you won't say it because it sounds self-aggrandizing, but it happens to be true, so I'll say it on your behalf. You can charm anyone in conversation. You are a natural conversationalist. You are a naturally social, amusing, funny person. There, There's no type of person out there that George Zamoripa can't strike up a friendly conversation with. That is a true thing about you. If... If it can't happen with these people, it's not you. It's them. Yes. Thank. Well, thank you for saying that because that's exactly how I I've I feel. That's exactly how I felt, and 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 that was that was the communication that was communicated very clearly to me by their responses mm-hmm. and their behavior. And there was maybe two weeks into the show, or maybe three weeks into the show. I mean, it just got, it just became more and more obvious. Um, And what I mean by that is there was a conversation that I had with uh, a friend of mine here um, who had come to see the show and and he loved it and was, you know, sending me stuff. And I, I texted him and I said, I can't wait for this show to be over. I've never felt more alone in a cast in my life. Yeah. Um, And he said, oh my gosh, like, what's going on? And so I explained some stuff and I said, I said to him, if I were unprofessional, I would take my cell phone upstairs to the backstage. Cause there were two floors to this theater and my, my uh, dressing room was downstairs. I said, I would bring my phone upstairs with me and I would record what I'm talking about so that you could see what I mean by the actual physical you are not one of us mm-hmm. that i get these people and what i mean by that is there were several instances where there would be conversations where i would be sitting down and there would be a conversation literally happening five to seven inches away from me with backs turned as if i wasn't there <laughs> and and you know that's the thing Here's the thing. I know that it sounds like I'm being a baby. No, it sounds like they're being a baby. They are the ones who are acting like high school lunch table monitors. Correct. Correct. That that's what I think, you know, but I'm I'm saying that for the the people who might be listening to this who are like, yeah. "Oh Jesus Christ, get over it." Um and that's fine. You can think that. Um but I know what I saw and I because I was there. I know I know what happened. Um and you know, whether or not I want to be, it's not that I want to, you know, and I'm sure there are people asking that out there. Well, what do you expect from people? I expect a specific level of decency, of human decency. I don't expect you to love everything I say. I don't expect you to agree with me. I don't expect us to be besties at the end of this thing. But I do expect that we will have each other's backs for the sake of a show that we both signed on to do. Yes. That's what I expect. That's basic adult professionalism. Correct. Correct. That's what I expected. And I didn't get it from these people. You know, I I can't tell you how many times during this show. And again, you know, you can say, well, maybe you just weren't good. 
<laughs> I don't. I and I'm gonna say I know that that's not the case because I got great reviews. So fuck mm-hmm. off. <laughs> right. Um, um, and the other thing too, I know is that I know I'm good on stage. So that's you know, and yeah. that's not me being. That's not. No, me you know that you have that ego. skill. Yes. I know I can do it. Um, and I worked really hard, and I always do. Um, so that so that aside. My point that I'm trying to make is that don't touch the desk uh, or the thing I'm trying to say. Is, uh, I've I've seen I can't tell you how many times I would walk off stage, come back, and I would. There were certain moments during the show because the 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 backstage they have um, they have uh, a video screen so you can see what's going on on stage mm-hmm. so you know like what's happening or you can you can see what you know yes. just so you know. And, and you can hear what's going on because sometimes you have to sing from backstage. Okay. Um, and I can't tell you how many times during certain specific songs in the show, well, specifically with the, the, the song that the, that Al band sings, uh, I am what I am. That's the big anthem from the show. Everybody would crowd around the television and watch this and literally like, hoot and holler at the end of it because it was just oh it's so like this is the world you know this is the life we live right this is i am who i am i see myself so much of it literally the last the last show yesterday three three people backstage in tears crying and i don't do that for anybody else i mean it's just so weird yeah it's weird It's it. They're, yeah, they're all they're all just confecting a drama because they've never actually been involved with any political or social no. period in which they participated in some major change or major collective project of the culture or the nation. They haven't done those things. They want to right. believe they've done those things. So they're going to make sure that they create a forum in which they can do those things because none of this is real. Why do we have people? Why do we have people who are living in 2023 who are doing this shit, standing there behind a stage, looking at basically a narcissist song? I am what I am, you know, and saying, this is what it's like. This is ridiculous. You know what? Back in those days when, you know, when I first started getting involved in gay politics and stuff, I don't remember seeing this kind of behavior from grown up people. Like when when there actually was a problem, people weren't sitting there crying, literally crying all the time. No. No. (laughs) And then and then to have these ridiculous comments from 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 castmates as the show was getting ready to close, right? It's closing weekend. And they're posting on social media about how thrilling of a, you know, this has been such an amazing experience. It's so wonderful to be my authentic queer self on stage. What, they're, they're never not on stage. When are they not yes, on stage? What are you talking? And that's, that's the, what you said right there is the reason that I gave to you that I think I was not part of the the group because they don't know people like this do not know how to deal with people who are not 
on stage 24 hours a day. Yeah. And I'm, you know, but it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty terrible. I mean, and it was a mind fuck, right? Because it's like, it's like, these people don't have my back. They don't, they don't give a fuck about, I mean, why am I here? Why am I here? And I felt that way even before we started doing the show with the marketing push, right? Yeah. The marketing push was all about the fact that we had this local drag star playing the role of Alban. And it's to the to literally the point where it was like, why the fuck? Why is there even a, the rest of the cast? Why don't we just have the Alban stop, show? Stop hitting the desk. Play? Stop hitting the desk. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Why don't we why don't we just why don't we just have the why don't we just get rid of the rest of the cast and make this a one person show? Because obviously you think that's the draw. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was just really it was really shitty. And it wasn't like other cast members didn't notice it. They brought it up to the marketing people. And then the marketing person gives us this half assed half baked. Sorry, please know that we all care about you, even if you're not in the marketing. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> I mean, Mom, how come all my brothers and sisters got a Christmas card but me? Oh, would you just stop it? You know I care about you even if I don't send you the same card. <laughs> <laughs> just because you have to sleep on the floor doesn't mean I love you any, any less. less. <laughs> now get back out to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> So, uh, so, so your next show is going to be starting up in a week, right? You're going right back into it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, am, I know everyone's going to make fun of me and roll their eyes at me. So, uh, and that's fine. Oh, you, um, okay. I'm not going to. Well, look. This, uh, before I tell everybody, I'm not going to let this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not do what I want to do because of this situation. I'm gonna keep trying. If this becomes the 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 usual thing mm -hmm. then i'll stop i'm i'm hoping that it's not oh I so so doubts, you do th you do think you may give it another try oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm already cast for another show <laughs> oh um, i'm actually surprised okay all right yeah i'm already well this happened i i actually went out for this show early on in the try when i was already rehearsing for lakage okay so, um, is it, it's not yeah, a gay I'm, show, is it? Oh God, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you're going to have to stay away from that for no. a while. But it's a Latino show. <laughs> so I'm sure that's going to come with its own set of issues. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, 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 you mean Latinx. Yes. Latinx says, bless you. Bless you. Yes. <laughs> you all can't see it, but George is sitting here sneezing in Spanish. Right. All right, George. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm really, I'm really sorry about this, but I'm glad it happened so that I had content for my show. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's what I live for, Josh. As long as I can continue to be a source of content, you know, that's that that's all. That's what brings me joy. No, I'm I'm. I'll tell you something. I'm. It was awful. I'd rather not have gone through it, but I'm actually kind of glad I went through it yeah. because um, it's just another, it's another thing that has proven to me 
that has underlined how insane all of this is right now. Yeah. Um, that it has, it, 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 that it's, that this mental rot has turned people into zombies who, you know, it's a parasite. They can't see because I do, I really do think that if I were to, if I were to bring this to their, cause I didn't bring this to any of their, atten their attention, although there was one person I asked about something, but I didn't bring this to a full attention. Like, you know, you guys are awful people and here's why I have a feeling that if I had done that, or if I did that, I told you earlier, it would have been a lot of plural pearl clutching and what? Oh mm -hmm. my God. I didn't, how could you feel that way? I didn't know that you felt that way. Why didn't you say something? <laughs> As if that would have made a difference. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like they would have listened. Uh, <laughs> I well, know. And go on. Well, I was just going to say, um, obviously we'll be talking. So I'm going to wish you luck on the next show. And uh, let's, let's see how that goes. But I think we're in the shit for a while. And, um, It'll be interesting when we come back in 10 years and have another conversation like this and look back on it and see how much farther down the hole we've gone or if we've managed to extract ourselves out. So, again, George, thank you very much. Thanks for sharing the story, for coming on the show. Um, we love having you on here. And thank you to all of the audience for listening and especially to the paying, subscribing members who help actually make this happen, who are in our Discord audience. I really appreciate you guys. And... Um, We'll be back again soon. Take care, folks.